You're listening to the Hello CS Dorsey podcast, your one-stop shop for all things motivating while on your entrepreneur journey. Feeling stuck in your business or don't know where to start? Don't worry, we've got you covered. Listen to some of the leading women in today's industry who have been there before to help guide you on your path. Now, here's your host and self-taught web designer, CS Dorsey. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Hello CS Dorsey podcast. I have Sally Betters here. Hi, Sally. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing terrific. Thank you. That's awesome. So could you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and what you do? Well, I am an author. I have a book on childhood trauma, and it's in Spanish and in English on Amazon. I'm also a certified life coach, and I'm um, a speaker speaking on relevant current events. That's awesome. So do you speak on uh, stages, or do you speak at different conferences? A little of both. Um, I speak at women's groups, at conferences, at, um, on panels. Um, I've had, I've, my experience has run the gamut. I'm very fortunate that people, people are interested in these topics. They're not always spoken, especially in the faith community. So I've been invited to um, pastors' breakfasts as well as women's groups. Uh, they do deal with, um, you know, things that are not as acceptable in most social circles. So I think there's a curiosity there. Interesting. So tell us something about yourself that most people don't know. You know, I was thinking about that. I've got... Um, when I was in college, I took a class on media and the arts, and my assignment was to interview a director or somebody in the media um, and, and um, present that as my project. And so I did, and unbeknownst to me that this director was about to produce um, one of the first all-starred-in uh, directed movie by all uh, Latinos. And so after I interviewed him, his office called me and asked me if I would like a small part in his movie. And so um, <laughs> I didn't believe it at first. I thought it was a joke, but they, I did go down and I got paid for the day and I had a few lines. I was an art gallery assistant and I got to be in his movie and he, it ended up winning quite a few awards at a few film festivals. So um, that was many years ago, but it was a fun experience. So can I ask what's the name of the movie? So I'm going to Google it. <laughs> yeah, if you do, let me know if you find it. It was called Only Once in a Lifetime. I love it. I'm going to Google it. That's amazing. Yeah, I think it was about 1975, maybe. Because uh, I think there's a couple other movies with that title. But this was about a man who had recently um, lost his wife and he was trying to find his way in life. And so it was kind of a, a drama that's awesome. So yeah. have you ever thought about doing, you know, more parts, more movies, or was that just like a, uh, a one-time thing? It was a one-time thing. It was interesting to see that it's, you know, they cater the events and how the actors rehearse and how much time is put into it and all the lights and, you know, booms and things they have to coordinate. It was a huge undertaking and it was at a, a beautiful museum in, um, Los Angeles near Wilshire Boulevard near Hollywood. So it's kind of appropriate for the whole movie industry. Wow, that is awesome. I'm so you're a movie star. <laughs> I'm so lucky to have you on my podcast. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is the amazing thing that uh, all these women are doing. And I'm just like, 
oh my goodness, so I'm talking to a movie star. I'm talking to, I had one author that um, her book is actually getting ready to um, become a movie. It's in like the, the screenwriting process. So I was like, really? Like this huge, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So um, I'm all about taking action and people and letting people know how to take action in their business, their life, and their health. What advice could you give to other entrepreneurs or business owners or people who want to start a business on how to take action and take that first step or that next step and just keep moving forward, especially in the the time that we're in right now with COVID-19? What advice could you give those out there? You know, first thing I would say is definitely pray about it. And have a supportive community and that is so important to me a supportive community where you can intimately connect on different um, areas things that you might not know or understand to know how you can get in touch with people um, who are well versed in that so you don't spin your wheels um, I am a firm believer in a holistic approach to life that we are connected you know mind body and spirit that we First, um, look to our creator and we look for guidance um, from him and to our family, how we can support our family and then our greater community, our church and extended community. And so I think if we take care of um, our spiritual life, our physical life, we eat right, we try and get out of the house, exercise. Um, even in today when we're, we can't go very far, you can at least go for a walk. And, um, and keep that balance and also watch what you put into your head. You know, it's not just what we eat and what we put into our mouths, but what are we thinking about? What are we watching? If we want to keep our mindset strong and productive, we need to feed ourselves productive things, watching good, listening to positive podcasts where we can learn and grow from other people, um, watching edifying programs, reading uh, great books that inspire us. So we want to look at all fronts of how am I taking care of myself? I think that's very important to continue to ask yourself, how am I taking care of myself? Because we can go, um, you know, with the media, social media, I mean, TV, it's everywhere talking about this and we can get stuck into, into that fog, I would say, and it could eat at us. And we pay so much attention to that fog that we're not paying attention to us. And then when this is all over with, then it's like, it's a domino effect, like boom, all of a sudden, oh my goodness, I wasn't taking care of myself. You know, right. this is what's going on. What is this going wrong? Or I should took them extra walks like I need to, <laughs> <laughs> that I haven't been since I've been at home. <laughs> But um, it's all about taking care of yourself. So my question is, what are some things that um, people can do to start practicing to continue to take care of themselves and like develop like a routine to, you know, get back into what they've done before all of this? You know, I'm a strong proponent of mind mapping. And if your audience has never heard of that, I have developed some proprietary mind maps um, for my clients, as well as I use them for 20 years. I was a special needs tutor 
I was um, certified as a professional tutor for children with dyslexia, dysgraphia, and ADD. And so I found that it was really important to uh, get kids to focus. So I used um, mind mapping, which they could Google. And it's a very creative way of note taking and brainstorming that uses uh, their own creativity and colors and icons. And so it's not the linear note taking that I learned in school with Roman numeral one and two and that kind of thing. It's much more creative and it really matches more of our mindset and how it flows freely. And sometimes I even use uh, mind mapping when I'm praying because I find my mind will bounce around and I'll be thinking of all these things I'm supposed to be doing and I don't want to get distracted. So I'll just have a little notepad and start jotting some things down that I can take care of afterwards. So I think if we can get it down on paper and get it out of our heads, then we can start seeing the reality of what we want to do. And it gets really exciting because then we can say, wow, I really got, I have a plan here. I have something cool. I have a blueprint for where I'm going. And what I find is most people keep their thoughts in their head and we end up looking like we have, you know, like all these 3M stickers all over our skull that eventually they're gonna fall off. You just have too many. And our brains weren't designed to be a storehouse of constant thoughts. We were designed to be creative beings. And so we need to figure out a way to get our plans, our desires, our hopes down on paper and in a way that makes sense. And then we can actually just use that as a document and save it and, and then pull it out when we want to go back to that project. We don't have to remember everything. That's good. That's a good one. I'm going to try that because I have, no, I have a lot of, and it's always at nighttime. I have all these thoughts. It's at nighttime before I'm getting ready to go to bed or go to sleep. And those are some of my best ideas. And then when I wake up in the morning, I say, what was I thinking about the night before? (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's good. You know, maybe have like a notepad or something sitting right next to you and you're not on your nightstand or something. And then just write it down before you go to sleep. Then that way you can sleep better at nighttime. Just dump it all on a piece of paper. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I'm glad you mentioned that because some of our best thoughts, and this is part of how we are created to be, they come when we're relaxed, when we're ready to go to bed, when, we're, when we just wake up in the morning and we're fresh. Those are some of the times we have our best thoughts, not when we're under stress and in a time crunch. And it's then we want to be able to capture that by having you know, a notepad nearby and, um, and be able to look at it and go, wow, that, that's right. I don't want to forget that. I want to be able to do that at some point or plug that into my day and, uh, and keep the balance. So, you know, it's not just all work, but there's a creative side to us as well. Right. So what advice would you give yourself 10 years ago? You know what I would do? I would have said, take more time to laugh and relax with friends and family. I think I was very driven. And I see now there were patterns that were developed in me of feeling um, inadequate, that I had to be an overachiever, that I had to be, you know, the one that was going to, I was one of the first ones in my family to get a college degree and uh, to move up the corporate ladder and to have some of these things that other people wanted. And I felt like there was a responsibility to hold on to that image. 
And now I would say, you know, you can't go back obviously in time, but I would tell people to breathe in life and enjoy it. It's meant to be enjoyed. We are mandated to love God and to love others. And yet we don't always find ways to do that. And they're simple, you know, buying somebody a cup of coffee, um, even if you don't know them, um, calling a friend, sending them an email saying, hey, I'm thinking about you, you know, reaching out. I have this, um, this little thing I do every week. I write on my whiteboard in my office of what three things can I do to encourage someone and let them know they're loved. And um, sometimes it's family. It's, um, you know, an 85-year-old aunt who I don't get to see much just to see how is she doing. Other times it's um, a friend of mine who lives in Canada. You know, she's a single mom. She's raising two sons. Um, calling her and say, let's jump on a call. I want to know how you're doing. Um, last week, I had the wonderful opportunity to participate in a drive-by birthday party. Since we can't hug each other, I have a friend from my Bible study who is recently widowed, and this was going to be her first, her first birthday alone. And I know she was really dreading it and very uh, tearful about it. So a bunch of us got together um, in an empty parking lot. We decorated our cars with balloons and streamers and signs. And we made baked goods and little gifts. And we texted her and said, hey, in five minutes, look out your window. And she stood out of her doorway by herself. And she was emotional, you could see. And we, our cars were honking and we were driving right by her house, all telling her how much we loved her and wishing her a happy birthday. And um, then we got out of our cars and we put her little gifts in a, a pile there um, near her. We couldn't hug her, unfortunately, but she said that what she thought was going to be her worst day turned out to be such a, a precious memory for her. That is awesome. That's beautiful. I I love that. <laughs> I yeah. really love that. No, I really do. That's is very creative, and it it you know brightened her day. I think that was beautiful. Yeah, I was just blessed to be a part of it. It wasn't my idea, but I I didn't have a lot to um, of gifts available to give her or to go to a store. So I made a, a big pot of soup and uh, took her some soup and other people did other baked goods and just gave her something, you know, that she could have a nice meal. So we, we have to be creative these days, but that was just one of those things of what can I do to get outside myself? And, and this is something my husband and I talk about, and it's, it's out of um, the, my favorite book and chapter John 13 is that Jesus in his greatest need at the last supper, when he knew he was going to be crucified because he was human, he needed, um, I'm sure companionship and some solace and comfort. And yet what he chose to do is he took off his robe of royalty, if you will, symbolically, and he put on the servant's towel and he kneeled before each one of his disciples and he gave them the comfort and reassurance that he needed himself. And so for me, whenever I think, you know, boy, I'd sure wish somebody would call me or reach out to me. I always think I need to be giving what I need. When we turn it around, instead of waiting in expectation that why, why hasn't anybody called me or reached out to me? We, if we start giving away what we need, it will definitely come back to us. 
I agree 100%. I completely agree. So what last minute advice do you have for our listeners out there? I want them to know that they are valuable, that they've been created for a purpose, and they have gifts. If they have not identified them, um, there are some simple spiritual gifts tests that they can take online. And they can also ask their friends what strengths their friends see in them. And I'm sure there's going to be a matchup with their own desires and those strengths, because that's how the Lord works in fulfilling the desires of our heart. Something just very simple here is uh, my husband and I have a strong passion to stop human trafficking. And for the last 10 years, we've been giving out of our um, small income, supporting missionaries in uh, Thailand who are working for an organization doing this. Well, when I thought of writing my book, we were praying about it and we decided, you know what, this is a great avenue, a revenue stream that we can use the funds from my books. I wrote a book and a workbook. Um, my speaking and my life coaching um, to go towards this or Christian organization that is working in five countries to stop human trafficking. I say that because we all have passions. We all have things that we feel strongly about. And sometimes we feel helpless. I know I did. Our income wasn't great. And I thought, how are we going to do, how are we going to make a difference? But God, God can do anything. And he takes our, um, the widow's might, he takes the few bucks we have and he magnifies it. And we really don't have to ever worry about that because he's faithful. And so I would ask your audience, think about what it is that you want to do. What is it that you're passionate about? And ask God where you can begin and tie a portion of your business to that. It could be for single mothers outreach. It could be for children, you know, with them. Um, uh, life uh, challenging illnesses. It could be whatever, but there are ways and there are things that you can do and it will, it will totally make a difference in your life. You know, we're meant to serve. Definitely. So, <laughs> so yes. where can everyone find you? You know, they can go to um, www.sallybetters.com and I've got some great freebies on there. If, um, any of your audience are interested in these areas, these are some of the things in my book. Uh, one of them is the handout, and these are all research documents on the warning signs of childhood sexual abuse. Um, the other one is on the warning signs of a, an abusive relationship. And the other is the warning signs of dyslexia, which is the largest learning disability in uh, children. And it also shows the strengths as well as the uh, warning signs. So those are some freebies they can get. I'm also working on an online coaching course right now that I'm going to be launching within the next two weeks. So there'll be a, an emotional intelligence quiz on that that they can find as well. Awesome. And we're going to include everything in the show notes as well. I'm so happy that you were on the show today. Thank you so much for coming on and you definitely touched me. And um, it, was a, it was a blessing. It definitely was. Thank you so much. And I'm blessed to get to know you, another new friend. This is cool. Definitely. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed the show today. Remember to subscribe to get the latest episodes and more. Head over to hellocsdorsey.com to subscribe. And remember, nothing is impossible. So make the impossible possible and take action today. We'll see you next time.